Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. Back in one is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Most of the time on SWX Montana television, but it's the heart of baseball season. Legion Baseball in Montana is a great pastime. And uh, SWX Montana now live from Heroes Park, the Bozeman Bucks, uh, the host team. Covered a lot of ball games out there in my day. It's a great place. You look right over the Bridger Mountains, one of the most picturesque places in all of Montana, especially for a baseball field. Speaking of picturesque places, Ogren Park Allegiance Field here in Missoula. Right along the river, uh, right next to downtown, is definitely one of the most pic- picturesque ballparks in the entire state, in the entire world. I mean, I, I talked to guys that played for the Osprey and then now the Paddleheads, and they just can't believe just how cool it is to play baseball there uh, in the heart of summer here in Montana. And speaking of that, we have more Paddleheads tickets for you. Thursday night's game between Missoula and the Boise Hawks, 705 first pitch. Give us a call right now, 406 1029. That's 406 888 1029, got Missoula Paddleheads tickets for you. It is Nuanas now, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Happy now to have one of my good buddies and a good friend of this show, Jim O'Day, in the house, former athletic director at the University of Montana, but more importantly, a former attendee 
of the Montana Football Hall of Fame banquet on Saturday night. Jim, it was a great weekend over there in Billings, but uh, you've attended this before, but this was a, a particularly special one because it was a great class headlined by a lot of former uh, Grizzly guys that I know you've known for a long time. You were with the Morningweg family, which, by the way, if by chance he's listening, thanks so much for Marty Morningweg. He's been great to us at this show, but he was so awesome at this event. He brought more than 30 people. He had a whole bunch of tables, and it was great to spend time with him and his family and uh, a lot of good stories. But what did you think of the event on Saturday night? You know, and the Billings group that does that, they do an incredible job. You know, Rick Helmus and those guys, I mean, they just... It's top notch. You, know, you get five to six hundred people there on a Saturday night in the middle of the summer. I mean, that's asking a lot, For and sure. it was fantastic. It was one of those events that usually you're looking at your watch to see is it time to leave. Sure, but the stories were so good. They really, I mean, all the presenters were wonderful. Uh, the people, the inductees, were just great, and it just a, a real treat to see everybody. Jim and I both help out a little bit with this. Jim helped spread the word for us here around uh, the city of Missoula and Western Montana. Uh, I'm on the selection committee. I'm on the uh, I do all the bios and run the media room. But I have to give a shout out. I mean, Rick Helmus and Ed Grasky and all everybody that was involved. It takes a lot of work, and this is a first class event. I've always been very proud to be a part of it, but. The setup and the way that it's produced. I mean, we've gotten to the point now where there's like six cameras. Everybody's on the screen. I mean, it is. It's it's like going to a big. I mean, it is a big time award ceremony. You're talking about more than 30 NFL players in the room at one same time. But I thought everybody's induction uh, speeches were super good, and uh, I, I just I loved every second of it. This year's inductees included Marty Morningweg, former Grizz quarterback and outstanding uh, offensive coordinator for years in the NFL. Shane Collins, Victor Linskog. Uh, Shane Collins, by the way, from Bozeman, played at Arizona State, then played for the Washington Redskins. Victor Linskog was part of our legacy category. He passed away years and years ago, but a former Stanford football player that went on to become an All-Pro. Travis Lule, former Montana State quarterback and Grey Cup MVP. Steve Okanowski, a former Grizz offensive lineman turned defensive lineman. That's one of my favorite parts is just the the way you see the evolution of the game through the stories of these guys. Like Okanowski was a All-American offensive lineman at Montana. And then a starting defensive lineman in the NFL. That would never happen now. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's, it's crazy to see the, the evolution of the game. But uh, Bob Beers, former Grizz linebacker, and then a longtime NFL scout. Ken Amato, former Montana State and NFL long snapper. Dan Carpenter, the all-time leading scorer in the history of the Big Sky Conference from Montana. Marty Morningwig, of course. And then probably, I don't want to say the highlight because all these guys were great, but... Pretty darn cool to be in the room with Brent Musburger, uh, the legendary broadcaster. He gave uh, a hell of a speech. He was always, t- I mean, he told stories the whole weekend. He never stopped telling stories. But uh, Brent, a guy that's from Billings, but I thought he summed it up well. He said, you know, I've been acknowledged for my broadcasting quite a bit, but I never thought I was going to be in a football Hall of Fame alongside guys that play in the NFL. So uh, pretty cool for him, a guy that's 82 years old and has really set the mark in this industry. Well, you know, Brent spends quite a bit of time in Montana. He's down in Hamilton at Stock Farm. And, you know, he's always been a great supporter uh, of the programs around here. Uh, he stayed with a good friend of mine, Dick Cox, down there. And Dick said, you know, the whole time they were there, everybody was mobbing Brent. But his stories were fantastic. He, You know, he's such a great storyteller. And, of course, you know, two of his highlights were when Billings, when their Little League team went to the college or to the uh, Little League World Series. And then when uh, the Grizzlies played North Dakota State and he was able to do that for ESPN. And he talked about both of those. As, you know, and this is somebody who literally has broadcast games. You know, I mean, I think he was talking about stories when he first started in the business 
uh, for the Chicago Bears and having to interview Vince Lombardi and how Vince Lombardi would treat and people like that. And so it's kind of an interesting take on, on all the way he had followed through his career. And but just to see how important Montana really is to Brent, and he he does take great pride in that. I know I used to see him a lot uh, in airports. Him and Arlene when they'd be traveling, you know, and they he'd always be asking about the Grizz and he'd be asking about the Hawks, that big timber connection, you know. So, uh, yeah, he stays very close to Montana, and it's great to have him as, as part of that uh, induction group because uh, there's just a lot of class that goes in that group. Uh, you and I both Montana natives. You're from Cupcake. I grew up here in Missoula. And um, I think we both love, I mean, we obviously have great pride in the state of Montana. We've always taken great pride in the state of Montana. But this event is so reinforcing to how special of a place Montana is as well, I think, because you have guys... Some that are from Montana, some that just spent their college years in Montana, some that have not been back to Montana in uh, m- for much of an extended period of time for years and in sometimes decades. But every single one of them mentions sort of the fabric of Montana more than anything else, how much they missed it, how much it influenced them in a positive fashion. And that's my biggest takeaway from this thing every year is that some of these guys have achieved Unbelievable success. I mean, Brent Musburger is among the most accomplished broadcasters in the history of sports broadcasting. And Marty Morningway coached Brett Favre and Steve Young and Donovan McNabb. So it's hard to do much better than that. But they all have this fierce connection to Montana. And um, it makes me very proud. Uh, I guess it reinforces just how proud I am to be from here because it seems to mean so much to pretty much everybody that's ever experienced it. Well, even, you know, another thing, you know, I, and Vic Linscog went in as a legendary uh, person who has passed away, but he, he was in Cutbank. You know, he was there for a while, and I know the Linscog family in Cutbank, and they were at the banquet, and, and uh, you know, you didn't know that much about him, and to be able to hear about him, and then have his son give the talk about him, and how they both went to Stanford, and how well they had done, and uh, how they played in alumni games against each other. It was, uh, it, the stories just kept going on and on, and again, you, you, you get to find out a little bit more about what some of these guys have done after they finish their careers. Jim O'Day joining me, Coulter Nuanas. It's Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Not on SWX Montana right now because the Billings Scarlets are playing at the Bozeman Bucks. So um, first hour, Nuanas Now, caught on SWX Montana. Second hour now, American Legion Baseball. We'll be back on SWX tomorrow. Rajim Seabrook swinging in. He's going to pinch hit for tomorrow and then be here on Thursday as well. We will not have a Nuanas Now on Friday, so keep that on the calendar. Long weekend, 4th of July. I'm sure most of you are going up to the lake or somewhere where you can stay cool. So uh, either way, no Nuanas Now on Friday, but Rajim Seabrook be in studio the next two days. Jim, and, Jim O'Day in studio uh, with me right now. One of the most fascinating parts of the Hall of Fame too, Jim, is it teaches you so much about the, the overlay of the rivalry when it comes to Montana and Montana State. And some of these guys have been involved in different pinnacle points of the rivalry. We spent a lot of time with Brian Salona, which, by the way, BS, if you're listening, thanks so much for all the good feedback and support you always give us here. Uh, but we always talked about that 82 Grizz team, where the Grizz hadn't won a Big Sky title since, I think, 1968 or 1969. The Bobcats had dominated the entire 70s because of Sonny Holland and his awesome uh, run with MSU and then Sonny Lubick. And uh, then the Grizzlies that kind of had the the breakthrough moment in 82 when Marty Morningleg was the quarterback, Brian Salona was the, the record-setting tight end. And the Bobcats then continued to sort of own it for a little while, winning an 84 national championship. But those guys sort of set the stage for what the University of Montana became. That Big Sky title in 82 gave Harley Lewis, former athletic director at Montana, sort of the the extra juice he needed to, to say Washington Grizzly Stadium is a real idea. You know, building a, a, a stadium on campus that could be sort of a mecca, 
that that's a real dream that we could achieve. And so I, I just love the overlay of those things. And it was fun hanging out with Marty and Brian and hearing stories from back then. But uh, from your seat as a guy that was the athletic director, uh, some 20 to 25 years later after the erection of Washington Grizzly Stadium, after those guys sort of set the table, how much influence do you think that had to sort of on the arc of Grizz football? Well, it had tremendous uh, influence. I know when I went to school here in the 70s, actually, uh, you got to have a little, a few jokes. Uh, Rocky Cleaver was there. It's always great. He comes all the way back. <laughs> I'm laughing because Rocky Cleaver is just a laugh a minute. When he was first, in, he was inducted uh, during the 2019 class. And uh, we had a, and this is a great compliment to Rocky because he is uh, so, <laughs> he's so himself all the time. Mm-hmm. But we had a meeting about, uh, what happens if Rocky kind of goes off the rails during his induction speech? Because he's going to say something that's funny. Some people might be offended. I don't know. And then we finally just decided, hey, it's his moment. Let's just let him roll. So I only laugh because Rocky's just such a funny guy. Well, uh, you know, and he was such a great athlete. Great athlete. You know, he'd come from Alaska and, you know, we played a lot of basketball and stuff together and we were kind of joking about it, And I said, you know, I, I remember that year. Uh, actually, we were talking with Travis Lule, who I had never met before, but we have a lot of interactions on social media, so I got a chance to meet him. What a classy kid, did a great job. Great guy. But we were sitting there talking about, you know, how the, when, when Cleaver and Bingham and that group were all in school when I was here, and we beat the Bobcats one time. And Rocky said, wait a minute, you're older than me. I won two and two. We went two and two. That's right, when things right, started right, to turn around. Right. I said, yeah. And I said, yeah, but remember in the old basketball days, because Rocky and, and Guy were both fantastic basketball players as well. But he says, you know what? The only title that I ever won, he said, intramurals. And I said, what was that? And he said, you never guess. He says, we won the soccer championship. <laughs> we won the intramural soccer championship, and Guy Bingham was the goalie. Oh, my God. Well, that's, that's a big goalie. That's, that's for a, sure. Well, Guy had you know such great hands and feet. For sure. So, uh, yeah, they won the intramural soccer championship. you got to love it. Jim O'Day joining me here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Speaking of Travis Lule, caught up with Travis. It was a little bit hard. I wanted to get more interviews than I did. I was running the interview room, so I was sort of facilitating for everybody else. And shuffling guys around, and there was 10 media outlets in the interview room. So thanks to all the media outlets from Montana that came by. Uh, it was great to have you there, and I hope you got some good content. I mean, I, actually, I know you got some good content because these guys were all great storytellers and quotes and talkers and all that stuff. But I did have two moments where I had a little bit of time to have a conversation and do a little interview. You heard from Brett Musburger yesterday. You can find that on the podcast on Nuanas Now. But I also caught up with Travis Lule which was good of him to take a little extra time, but I had to tell him a story. So here is that interview from Montana's, or excuse me, from the Montana Football Hall of Fame on Saturday. Back at the Montana Football Hall of Fame, Travis Lule, one of the inductees, former Montana State Bobcat, and a great CFL player, almost a decade-long CFL career joining us. I don't know if I've ever told you this story, because I, you know, I'm, I grew up in Missoula, but my family's not from Montana, and so I remember the first time I ever watched a Bobcat game was in 2002, in Missoula, sitting in the south end zone, and you guys, Montana, Montana State comes in, they win 10-7, to the, the epic, iconic play, Junior Adams takes the slant, and uh, I remember thinking, man, the team on the other side of the hill is pretty good, too. And I started following the Bobcats big time. Then one of my best friends in high school, Brandon Bostic, ended up going over there to Montana State to play. And uh, that sort of set the stage for my career, trying to cover both sides of the rivalry. And we're pretty much at Skyline Sports, the only guys that have ever really done that. So, uh, But how did that moment, that play, when you were a freshman, set the stage for the rest of your life that kind of brings you now here today, some 20 years later? Yeah, it's... uh it did. Every time I get asked, you know, what are the moments that stick out over this long, you know, career, uh, and that's one of the first that comes to mind, if not the top one. Uh, 
I remember so much about it. I remember, I remember, you know, talking about where my hot throws were. We were in an empty formation, right? So we were getting from the Montana defense because they would blitz our formation from time to time. So we get an empty, and I could see them check, and I knew it was cover zero, so I knew they were bringing the house. So I had two hot throws, and it was Blake Wolf was uh, yeah. my tight end. He was running a quick out into the boundary side, and then I had slants onto the field side. And both of those throws are typically pretty good uh, throws against a cover zero pressure. But I knew to throw to Junior, I was unblocked off my left side, so I'd have to buy a little time. But I wanted to throw it to June because I thought June would have a chance. Cover zero, if, you know, if one guy misses a tackle, you can score. And Blake Wolf, love him to death, he wasn't going to break a tackle and score from midfield, right? So I <laughs> right. thought June would give us that chance. And sure enough, I just bought a little bit of time to my right. And it was a crap show, or crap shoot throwing that day because the wind was swirling in the Big snow, time. right? And I, I touched it off, and I'm going, God, please, God, ball, get there, you know. And June stuck one hand out, and uh, he caught that slant obviously and he'd been undercut by the DB trying to knock it down and I put it just in the right spot June caught it and the rest is history there so uh, it was a I remember at halftime right before that uh, Don Bailey our offense coordinator had said you know hey when the first drive of the third quarter you got an opportunity in Missoula to get a series in where the noise isn't deafening because right. not everybody's back from the tailgates yet and he was right and so I was I, I remember being able to call plays and so June caught that pass and if you remember he did the little yeah. get quiet yeah. down in the end zone and that's where that came from the conversation we'd had five minutes before in the locker room about the place being being quiet where we could kind of take and then we did we kind of took took hold of, of the game from that moment on I think Montana ended up scoring once but it was ten to nothing at the time, and we knew it was going to be a low-scoring game. So, yeah, years later, that uh, that that play is as important as you know, more so important than it was back then, because it kind of just you know it marks the the play or the moment that kind of continued us um, pushing the ball in the right direction. Yeah, for the Bobcat football program. Brent, when you're done, would you go sit with Rick if you could? No. <laughs> Um, to have a moment like this where it comes full circle, I mean, you're not a very old guy, but now you're getting inducted into football, yeah. and it's like you've retired from this first part of your career. But what, I mean, what sort of perspective does that get you? Because a lot of times these guys are in, the, you know, the, the later years of their lives, and you're a younger guy. So to be a part of a class like this, you know, what is that like? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's special, and it's really humbling. Uh, you know, so many of these guys, and, I, you know, I'll mention this, you know, talking a little bit later, but I just, it's, it's such a... You know, as a young guy, you know these names. Some of them just seems like figures in the distance, you know. And so to get to get to talk to some of these guys, get to know them, get to hear some of their stories, some of the behind the scenes, uh, it's it's pretty special. And you know, everybody that's you know committed a life to football, at least a good portion of their life, you know, there there are so many similarities. You know, we've been through the same thing, so we kind of look each other in the eye. And even though you know, I I played in Montana, you know, I played at Montana State and then in the CFL, and I'm talking to a guy that played at Missoula and played in the NFL. And it's like, but we get the journey, you know, we understand that. And so that's, it's a pretty cool thing. And, um, and like I said, a lot of these guys uh, being so accomplished in their own right to have your name mentioned alongside them is, is kind of surreal <laughs> to, you know, as people are saying, gosh, it feels like yesterday. And I was like, I know, uh, but it, it was a long time ago, as, as it were, you know, not as long uh, as some others in here for sure. But uh, it, no, it really is it's just special, really cool, really cool uh, group of people to, you know, to be kind of forever etched 
our names etched together in the Montana Football Hall of Fame is pretty special. Last one for you then. The, my most favorite part is listening to how much different football used to be in certain ways and how much yeah. the same it is exactly. in certain ways too. I mean, you have some of these stories like we're sitting here looking at Steve Okanowski. He's an All-American offensive lineman in college and then he was a defensive lineman in the NFL. That would never happen this yeah. day and age, right? You know, Shane Collins was a two-sport athlete. I mean, he's a national champion shot putter who then gets drafted in the NFL. It's just amazing to see the way that the game has evolved, but also how much of it still stays the same, right? Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Um, some strategy changes, sometimes the size. Heard these guys talking last night, um, you know, of being a 255-pound right. NFL offensive lineman, and that doesn't happen anymore, right? And so those, some of those things have changed, but, um, you know, being being tough and being able to per- persevere all the crap that goes into you know wins and losses so much is out of your control in football right it's it's why people love it it's such a team sport so individually so much of its time and place and there's there's you know an element of luck and <laughs> that 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 plays into it all but uh but yeah so many similar i mean you know that's why i can sit down with a guy who played 30 years yep. prior to me and it's like yeah we get it we're talking the same language yep. thanks Travis Lule. Montana Football Hall of Fame, former Montana State quarterback, one of the headliners of our most recent uh, headlining class. Something quickly to get through right here. First of all, you want some sandwiches? We got Tagliari Deli, 25 bucks, two Tagliari Delicatessen here in Missoula. Best sandwiches you're going to find anywhere in the state of Montana. I actually had a Beach Boy yesterday. It was delicious. We're going to go back and forth to showing you some of the product here on uh, Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, and to showing off the sandwiches as the, as it were. Uh, but you want to try? Tagliari, you don't have to get a sandwich either. You can get some of their wine. They have a great pasta selection. They've been named Best Sandwich in Montana, Best Deli in Montana by a variety of outlets, including the Food Network, People Magazine, all the above. Give us a call right now, 888-1029. That's 888 888- 1029, we have a $25 gift card to Taglieri Delicatessen here in Missoula. Quickly, it's a Tuesday, so we're going to give you our Treasure State Stars, proudly presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union has so many perks. They have free rewards checking accounts with cash back, high dividend rates, and ATM fee refunds. They're also great for all types of mortgages, great rates on auto and recreational vehicle loans, low rates with no credit card fees. Say yes to savings at Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. They're proud sponsors of the Treasure State Stars. This is all track and field, so we're going to highlight them real quick, but this is uh, impressive. A bunch of athletes from the state of Montana. Sadie Henderson, who grew up in Corvallis, an outstanding and dominant athlete for the Class A Blue Devils. She ran her college track at Boise State. She ended up uh, 21st in the women's 800 meters at the United States Olympic track and field trials. Drake Schneider, who's a junior at Montana State and a Big Sky Conference champion in the 400-meter hurdles, he made it to the finals, but then placed 14th overall. Duncan Hamilton, also a Big Sky Conference champion in the men's 3,000-meter steeplechase, also made the final in that event before finishing 14th overall. Lucy Corbett, an outstanding high jumper who was the Big Sky champion, also of MSU, placed 16th in the high jump. Former Big Fork and Colorado Buff standout, McKenna Morley, was 19th in the women's 10K. And Carly Von Heater, who hails from Plains, Montana, and was the Big Sky Conference champion in the women's javelin, she placed 16th. So very impressive, particularly the athletes that are still in college. Amazing to even make it to the Olympic trials. And, uh, you know, you're placing somewhere top 15, 16 in the entire United States at one of the most prestigious trial meets in the country 
pretty darn impressive, and uh, that bodes well for their future, especially the ones that have eligibility remaining. We will continue to effort a great many of those track stars to join us here on Nuanas Now, and uh, we will look forward to catching up with all of them. Jim O'Day, former athletic director from the University of Montana, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. More talk about the Montana Football Hall of Fame, but also about a variety of landmark decisions in college sports. Since the last time Jim swung by, we'll get his perspective on what the Supreme Court ruling from last week might mean for the future of college sports, particularly in the Big Sky Conference and in the state of Montana. Keep it right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Tried to work it out a hundred times. Ninety-nine, it didn't work. Man, country music used to be so much better than it is now. Unbelievable. Tommy, keep playing me the old school country tunes. Appreciate you there in the back. It's Nuana is now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. We're broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Go check out Northwest Motorsport in Missoula. They're new to Missoula. Located there on the corner of uh, Spurgeon and Mount, Stevens and Mount, excuse me. They boast the largest inventory in the Northwest United States. You can also go check out all that inventory at North nwmsrocks.com that's nwmsrocks.com the Northwest Motorsports Studio proud to sponsor Nuana is now you want some Paddleheads tickets? I got some 888-1029 that's 406-888-1029 I got tickets to Thursday night's game against the Boise Hawks I got four of them for you so give us a call right now 888-1029 Jim O'Day former University of Montana Athletic Director and great friend of this show we're going to start calling you just a, just a contributing member of ESPN Missoula <laughs> at this point because you, you're kind enough to swing by all the time. One of my favorite guys in the world to talk sports with. One of my favorite guys in the world to talk anything with, honestly. But, Jim, we talked a lot about the Montana Football Hall of Fame, and maybe we'll circle back around to that in here in just a quick minute. But you and I have talked both on this show and uh, outside of this show about the evolution of college sports as it's going right now. And I think there's a lot of validity to the empowerment of athletes, but there's also a lot of mess that's going to be coming with the logistical management of all this. The This case reached the Supreme Court last week. A definitive and uh, unanimous ruling on the Supreme Court's uh, behalf, 9-0, to zero, basically saying that it is no longer legal for universities to not allow their uh, athletes to not make money. So, this opens up a lot of doors. This opens up some, I think, good opportunities for student-athletes, but also uh, a lot of hairy situations potentially for athletic departments. So let's just start at the beginning. Broadly, what do you think of this ruling, and where do you stand in terms of the empowerment of student-athletes, particularly when it comes to like Power 5 football players? Should they get paid? I guess there's the misperception here, as like I said in the top of the hour. 
in certain ways, these guys do get paid. They're just not on a payroll. They're at the you know in Alabama, you're getting a full ride scholarship. You're likely getting full cost of attendance. If you're a minority student, you're likely also getting a Pell Grant. So you have a lot of different uh, sources of revenue coming in, but you're not necessarily getting a quote unquote paycheck. So where do you stand just on uh, now this opportunity for schools to pay players? I think the first thing I do, I, I, I hear the one word that makes the most sense, and the word is chaos. It's in a state of chaos. State Uncertainty. of chaos. It's just right now, uh, we may not see it right at first. Uh, the big schools will, how everybody handles this. I don't know. You know, seven states have already, starting Thursday, have already said, have at her. Right. Uh, the NSA comes and has tried to, I think the NSA has kind of, Jumped in maybe a little too late. One AD uh, said it probably as good as it's like trying to make change of your airplane while it's in midair. <laughs> right. Uh, try, trying to fix the engine while it's up there. That's kind of where they're at right now. Administrators across the country are not really sure what they're doing. Uh, everybody's attacking it a different way. Uh, you, you've got to be out in front. Um, the, there will be... There will be a lot of interesting things about it. Uh, I don't like to see it the way it is. You take that along with the one-time transfer. Right. Uh, anything can happen. The, the days of the way we used to see it are probably gone. Uh, we're gonna, you know, one uh, one other thing that makes great sense to me. I, I read the other day. They said this will be the biggest change in college athletics since the implementation of Title IX. Yep. And I think we know how Title IX has changed. Uh, college athletics over the years, uh, you know, for good and bad. Yep. Um, but I think you're going to see that same thing here. There's going to be a lot of imbalance. There's going to be a lot of, I, I, you know, I don't know how they're going to actually do all the compliance around it. Some schools are way out in front of it. Some schools are falling way behind. Uh, I was talking to Wayne Tinkle today, and out at Oregon State, they are working with certain people to help them go out and help get money from maybe the sponsors or whatever so that they can have some 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 control some you know right uh alabama auburn all those schools who starting thursday you know they're going to be able to offer all of these things to different student athletes they have been working with their student athletes they have classes already set up for them and how they can do it how they can prosper on their brand you know how their name uh, identity and likeness are all going to be of value to them you know, some of the smaller schools probably don't have the resources to do it. Yes. So what they're doing, I don't know. I, I've got dinner tonight with Dave Dorn, former Grizzly coach, and yep. head coach at North Carolina State. And we've talked about it briefly, but it's going to be interesting to hear a little bit more what they're doing. Um, you know, coaches have got to coach. Yep. Um, but this is going to make it interesting. If your star players are making a bunch of money and your, your linemen who aren't, you know, don't ha have as much notoriety or whatever – aren't and they're they're beating themselves to death and they're working as hard or harder than anybody it's going to be interesting there's a lot of different ways to look at it i don't necessarily like it but you know what i think uh labor laws have been kind of pushed aside a little bit by the ncaa over the years no question and you knew eventually a supreme court would probably hear this and we're there now it's taken many many years but it's something that has been coming Jim O'Day joining me here on Nuanas Now. I'm Coulter Nuanas, broadcasting to you live on 1029 ESPN Missoula. 
the the analysis broadly on the national level of this is mostly of the haves, of the super haves, the ones that have all the money. Alabama, for example, makes more than twice as much. The University of Montana athletic budget is less than half of what Alabama makes just on TV. So those are not the same things. Alabama is getting a $50 million check from the SEC network, uh, which is double what a what a uh, actually pretty sustainable athletic department model at, at UM or Montana State is. So that in itself is crazy. It's, it, it, we're comparing apples to oranges. But all of the analysis of all the things that could be detrimental about this are talking about the huge money boosters and the way it might skew recruiting and the way it might skew the in, the inner workings of a locker room if, like you say, a quarterback's getting paid 10 times as much money as an offensive lineman. But I worry about the way this is going to affect the smaller schools because – the University of Montana, the vast majority of the football revenue that is generated by UM is used to pay for the rest of the athletic department. If you're then having to divvy out money, if the University of Montana is required to pay players, well, that's a hit to other sports. The, the, it's going it to intrinsically hurt the at least financial revenue streams, the budgets of other sports. But even worse, uh, it, it could kill other sports in certain ways if this has become some sort of a requirement. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I do think that at this level, it will only probably come from from private donors or people that are you know wanting endorsers, basically, of their businesses. But still, it seems like this is far less sustainable at a school like Montana or Montana State, right? Well, I, I, it, and we have to look. The, the universities are really not going to be the ones paying the money. So, sure. But it is going to be a competition for their revenue. We, we've already seen over the years, uh, being an old newspaper man and in the, in the media business, look at the, the difference in competition for the advertising dollar. Well, right. you've got IMG Learfield in a place like Montana, Montana State, who brings in quite a bit of money yep. from the two programs, and they pay the two programs fairly handsomely. Yep. I mean, I think Montana is getting close to $2 million a year. However, if if certain businesses decide maybe they're going to split that money up and give it so that it goes directly to the player, the student-athlete, uh, versus the more of the program, there's where you could be really hurt. And I think that's, that's something you have to be aware of, and I think it's a real possibility. Well, and you mentioned maybe what Oregon State's doing where they're trying to get some sort of baseline so they have a little bit of a control. I do think that will be, for better or worse, part of the future. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind, I think, that sort of a, a base salary, so to speak, will exist in the SEC so that everybody 1 through 99 on a football roster will be getting this amount of money. And then if you are by chance, you know, a Devontae Smith or whatever, and you're a Heisman Trophy finalist, then you can then monetize yourself further. But then then you get into muddy waters as well in terms of equity, in terms of Title IX stuff comes into the equation. This has been sort of the, the thought with full cost of attendance, right, at the Montana schools. If you were funding it through revenue produced by football and men's basketball, you probably could offer full cost of attendance at both Montana and Montana State. But if you were to offer full cost of attendance, it would have to be for every scholarship sport, right? I mean, is, is that kind of how it goes? Yeah, and it, it, there, there's some differentiations in that. And, it you know, it's a little more complicated than that and, and uh, it gets confusing. But, again, it's producing dollars. Right. You know, everything is about producing dollars. I, You know, again, you, you talk about the big schools and how things go and, you know, I, I think that the NCAA has been caught a little short here. I think mm-hmm. they should have been out in front of this a little bit more. I think they should have been out in front of the one-time transfer a little more. You know, maybe set some rules. Uh, you know, there, it probably would have been in a legal fight regardless. But right now, again, I go back to the word chaos. It's pure chaos out there. They're having schools letting their do their own thing. Schools, too, are very often afraid to go out and seek the, the real 
talented people or talented organizations that might help them get through this uh, storm. Um, and they're thinking they're going to do it on their own. Well, it may work and it may not work. But most of these schools, especially at a smaller level, their people are already so busy. They're right. doing two and three jobs. That for sure. Other schools are, they've got one person, you know, for each different thing. And, and so how they do that, I don't know. But all it's going to take is a couple schools. And I can see the James Madisons and the North Dakota States and the schools like that that do have a little bit more money. Sure. Uh, being able to maybe bring a, a, a consulting firm in or whatever to help them get through these testy waters. Because you're basically setting up a program within your school that's going to be different than the other school. And, and if you get into a place like the SEC... They have their own standards and their own ways of doing right. business. And so those guys, you know, you're, you're looking at quarterbacks like a Trevor Lawrence. Right. I could see him in a situation like this had he still been at Clemson where he could have been making millions of dollars. 100%. But I can also see players at this level making maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars if they're that good and they're that noticeable and they have that brand that that somebody is willing to pay. You know, we all look at it and kind of laugh about it, but it's kind of like your house right now in Missoula, Montana, sure. or Bozeman. Your house, you're saying it isn't worth this, but somebody, if they're willing to pay it, that's right. it's worth it. 100%. And that's what you're into right now, and they're really the rules are not there. I just wonder so much about the sustainability of all of this. I think the most undertold story of the FBS moving to a college football playoff is the fact that that's an entity that's outside the NCAA's control. The college football playoff is operated independently. The only Division One championship the NCAA does not control, which in its essence is the only reason the NCAA actually exists. It's not a governing body. It's a governing body for championships, which then comes with rules, which is why they can enact rules. But I just wonder, I think that the, the beginning of the fracturing of Division One athletics is the fact that the college football playoff operates autonomously. So you just wonder if there are rules, regulations, or anything in between trying to be set uh, I think that the Power Five has been trying to move away from everybody else, but I think this might actually give the non-Power Fives more of an excuse to want to move away as well because if you're not going to benefit from it and then you also have to live underneath it, it could be very detrimental to everybody that doesn't have the sort of revenue that some of these gigantic money-making machines have. Well, I've been saying that for years. Um, I, you know, I, I think to uh, think that the, you know, the Power Five schools realize they don't really need the NCAA. Exactly. Uh, they need some pieces of it, but they don't really need the NCAA. They can do it on their own yep. and make more money. Yep. I mean, even with the college football playoff, the schools at the Mountain West and 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 the Sun Belts, those guys are making some money out of that. Yep. And so you've got their attention. You know, it's the smaller schools that rely so much on the NCAA to help them, you know, take some of the revenues that they get from the men's basketball tournaments to run their championships and do all these different things. But, you know, and I've thought this for quite a while as we're going through this, is this the one final knock that does split the Power Five schools from the NCAA? Does the NCAA become less powerful? Who knows? Um, Small schools can't do it on their own. Those 65 Schools in the Power Five certainly can. The Group of Five, some of them possibly can. Is this going to make some adjustments? Are, are conferences going to adjusting? Are you, you got to be looking out because you know what? Your bills are getting expensive, more and more expensive all the time. If you don't think lodging is not going to go up and scholarship costs are not going to go up and transportation costs are not going to go up, where are you getting your money? 
You know, there's such a difference. Uh, even look at, uh, take Montana, Montana State. Their, their revenue from television is $100,000. At Wyoming, it's $4 million. Right. At Boise State, it's $7.5 right, million. Right, right. Those, those dollars right there are huge. Plus the, the ability to go play guarantee games for that, twice the paycheck, for or three times, right? You know, some of them right now are paying just under two million dollars uh, to get a win for one of these big Michigan schools like that or a SEC school. You know, you can go, you can find a game maybe where you're playing Washington and you're getting six hundred thousand. But if you were at the power five or group of five level, you might be getting a million five to a million seven. And you know, again, the, the ticket prices are all going up everywhere. Very interesting time. Uncertainty and chaos. That's exactly right. Jim O'Day, the best in the biz when it comes to analyzing this stuff. Jim, thanks so much for swinging by. We always enjoy having you here on Nuanas Now. I know you got to go. You got a you got a dinner uh, reservation with former uh, University of Montana coach Dave Dorn. So you know it's always great seeing Dave. You know he was the defensive back coach for us when we won the national championship in two thousand and one, and he's had a great career and. He's very excited about his Clemson team this year, but as he says, we got a lot of competition in that league. No question. Jim, thanks so much for swinging by. It's Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. A former Bobcat is now running the Dallas Mavericks. That's crazy. As is uh, the fact that the 2000 Big Sky Conference Newcomer of the Year in men's basketball, he's the new head coach for the Boston Celtics. Big Sky Conference basketball ties on the national level. It's everywhere. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Concert with me? What is it? This is Soul Driven Train. Oh, they're coming to Roots Fest. That's what I understand to be the case. That's free, dude. Free? Oh, I'll definitely. We're go. going. Oh, we'll definitely go. No, as long no as it's not as hot as it is right now. I mean, I might just die before then. I got no air conditioning in my house. I haven't slept in three days. Life as it is in Montana when it's scorching, triple digits. Welcome back to Montana's Now, one stop shop for all things sports. All around the Treasure State every single weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Mr. Thing of the Show is an awesome show. Let it off with the business angle with Justin Angle. We talked about the recent Supreme Court decision ruling that paying athletes is now, uh, it's, you cannot ban paying athletes. And uh, we also talked to a variety of other 
elements, particularly Olympic athletes, and struggling to find their way when their Olympic careers were over. Jeff Saver from Missoula Paddleheads also joined us in hour number one. Hour number two, Jim O'Day kicked it with us, former University of Montana Athletic Director. We talked about the Montana Football Hall of Fame. Played an interview with Travis Lule, former Montana State and BC Lions standout quarterback. And also rehashed some of the thoughts, especially from a former athletic administrator like Jim, all about the mess that this could be. Chaos and unrest were the words Jim used as far as what the Supreme Court ruling could do to the landscape of college football. If you want to find anything from today's show, find it on the podcast. N-U-A-N-E-Z will get you there. Rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. Probably presented by Sports Bet Montana, the Blackfoot Communications, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. We are proud here at Nuanas now to be broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Go check out Northwest Motorsport, largest inventory of trucks in the entire Pacific Northwest, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Two news briefs. We touched on it yesterday a little bit. But this is very cool. Nico Harrison was an all-big sky guard for the Montana State Bobcats. Uh, back in the mid-90s, he was the captain of the 1996 Bobcats, the last MSU team that advanced to the NCAA men's basketball tournament. He's now the general manager and president of basketball operations for the Dallas Mavericks. So he will have a hand in the future career of Luka Doncic. They already knew each other because Nico has worked at Nike for the last 20 years. So he had a relationship with Doncic from negotiating that shoe contract. Nico Harrison also very close with Kobe Bryant. He was one of Kobe Bryant's main influences in changing from Adidas to Nike and remained friends with Bryant all the way until Bryant's tragic death uh, early last year. Ime Udoka. He's a former Portland State player. He played at Portland State 99-2000-2001. He was the 99-2000 Big Sky Conference Newcomer of the Year at Portland State. Well, don't you know, he's the new coach of the Boston Celtics. So we got Big Sky basketball influences on the largest stage of basketball all over the place. So congratulations to Nico Harrison and Ime Udoku, Udoka, excuse me, as well as Damian Lillard. Lillard, one of the few superstars in the NBA that will represent the United States on the uh, U.S. Olympic team. So Team USA will be led by Dame Dollar. So that's pretty cool. We were state alums, so we got a lot of influence from around the Big Sky Conference on the national and international stage for basketball. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Um, we're going to give you some more Paddleheads tickets each of the next couple days. I know it's a little bit of a tough giveaway because I know you love the Paddleheads. I know you love going out to Ogren Park Allegiance Field. I also know it's excruciatingly hot. I know it's hard to make a plan to go sit outside for a couple hours when it's over 100 degrees, especially because the hottest times of the day are going to be in the evenings here. But uh, either way, we'll continue to give away Missoula Paddleheads tickets both of the next two days. No Nuanas now on Friday, so uh, long weekend for everybody, 4th of July. Hope everybody has awesome plans to go enjoy some time in the sunshine with your family. Rajim Seabrook going to pitch hit tomorrow. Sean Rainey's out. He's training up in Great Falls. Got a new reporter up there for SWX Montana Television. So Sean's out tomorrow. Rajim Seabrook in the studio both tomorrow and Thursday. We'll take you home into your long weekend. I'm Coulter Nuanas. This is Nuanas Now. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. In the meantime, be good. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear 
at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.